Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. If you would take your Bible out and join with me in the book of Ephesians. Our text today is going to be Ephesians 1, verses 11 through 14. Chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. So I hope you'll hear with me now the words of the Lord. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were first to set our hope on Christ might live of the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of the truth, the gospel of salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? So gracious God, this morning we come, we come to worship and to praise you and we come on this All Saints Sunday, remembering those in our midst who have left this church militant to join the glory of the church triumphant, that all the questions that they had in life are now answered in your presence. But as we remember their lives, we remember that they gathered here with us so often much as us yearning to hear the words from you, yearning to know what they would mean for their lives, and then going forth and living them. So as we gather this morning, remembering their life, seeking your word, speak to us both clearly through your words and through their example so that we would know who to be and how to be in the world around us, so that we would be not just hearers of your word, O Lord, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So I don't know about you, when you thought of coming in here and realizing it was All Saints Sunday, to think about what does that word saint mean to you? Now maybe you sort of went down the road of the saints and you started thinking about like the four in the gospel, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or maybe you went for the heavy hitters of the early church, Peter and Paul. Or maybe you even went a little more intellectual. You know, saints like Aquinas and Augustine and Ignatius. Or maybe you picked up the helpful saints, Christopher and Joseph and Michael. Or maybe even the humble saints, Teresa of Calcutta, John Paul of Rome. And if you did that, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, we're Protestants, right? I mean, the fact that we would pick up saints beyond St. Nicholas and St. Patrick, that's pretty good for us, I think. But maybe you thought about St. Therese of Lisieux. Or maybe you never heard of her. 
Let me tell you about like let me tell you a little bit about Saint Therese. Saint Therese of Lisieux. She was a Carmelite nun in the eighteen in the late eighteen hundreds, and in eighteen ninety seven, at the age of twenty four, she was diagnosed with tuberculosis, and she knew that her lifespan was going to be much much shorter than she had hoped. So she decided to do something different with the life that she had left. She was going to do as much good in the few years she had left. And so at age 24, she embarked upon this idea of doing good, sort of almost the, mod- the early version of being kind to everyone. These are the words she wrote about sort of her mission, her purpose. She said, the Lord does not look so much at the greatness of our actions or even at their difficulty as the love with which we do them. The Lord does not look so much at the greatness or the difficulty of our actions, but as much as with the love with which we do them. So in her mindset, we might not get an opportunity to do the great deeds that the great saints that I named earlier got to do, or we might not get the opportunity to do something magnificent with our lives or magnanimous, but yet every day there are small deeds that come our way, small opportunities. And when we do them with love, they're no longer small. I mean, that was really the essence of her life. I mean, after her death, when she became a saint of the Catholic Church, that was with a capital S saint, when she was canonized and became a saint, they called her Saint uh, St. Uh, Therese of Lisieux, or simply known as the little flower. Because she was like a little flower growing up in the crack of a sidewalk, brightening up the world wherever she happened to turn her gaze and her attention. To me, that's the beauty of All Saints Day when you think about it. We celebrate the sainthood, that's those that have received their final glory, what, what we hope to obtain that these everyday saints who lived and walked right along beside us doing small deeds every day until they received their heavenly reward, that they have now received that, that they are looking down on us and encouraging us to go the distance and to do the same. And so those 38 names that I just read a little bit ago, those are the names of those who have left the church militant, as I said, for the church triumphant. They have received their promised reward. And they beckon us to follow in their footsteps. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and by way of that writing to us, telling them that there's this great inheritance available to them in Christ. That's what these saints have understood and that's what they've received. And if we want to be like the saints in glory to receive that... We need to know just what Paul said, that our reward is sure. That because we have faith in Christ, that our reward is sure. In fact, like the capital S saints or the little S saints, those everyday saints, that it's right in front of us already. We received a down payment, earnest money or something, if you will, because at our baptism, when we stood in front of the church and we were, had the water poured over us, that gift of water and the Spirit, that what we find is that we've been entered into a covenant with God, that we've been initiated in the family of Christ, and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, not only the assurance of our salvation with that gift, but also the energy and the calling to go forth and to share that gift with the world. See, that's what binds those of us gathered in worship today. That's what binds us together. 
into the family of God. This idea of our baptism and the fact that Christ died for us. See, baptism is a covenant. Now, a covenant is a lot like a contract, except it doesn't quite have that fine print to it. A covenant is a deal that you really, that you can't walk away from, if you will. And they're talking about contracts. I'm going to date myself here. How many of you remember the Columbia Record Tape and CD Club? Raise your hands. You know what I'm talking about. You could get, back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, you could get 19 CDs for the whole price of a dollar. And it's a good deal until you read the fine print. Those of you that fell trapped to this, you know what the fine print is. You got 19 CDs for a dollar, but you had to pay $4 in shipping and handling for each one of them. Oh, and you had to buy six more at regular prices, about 20 bucks, plus shipping and handling for those as well. A great deal, it seemed, till you got to the fine print. Or maybe if you think about when you upgrade your software on your computer, what is one of the things that says is, did you, you agree with the terms and conditions? Click here. How many of you read the terms and conditions? We're all in the same boat. The print is very small. There's fine print to it. But see, baptism, the covenant of baptism is nothing like that. There's no fine print because what it says is that we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. And all this is God's gift offered to us. What? Without price. That's it, plain and simple. There's no fine print to it. We are incorporated by God's mighty acts of salvation and given new water or given new birth by water and the Spirit. And all of this is God's gift offered to us without price. What it tells us is that we are saved, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. In a few minutes, when we take our commun- when we take Holy Communion, and Susanna leads us through the liturgy, we're going to talk about that in our prayer of confession, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. What? That proves God's love toward us. That grace was poured out upon us at our baptisms. See, God's side of the covenant never fails. We can't lose it. Even when we want to run away, God says, ah, it's still valid. It's still valid. You can't outrun the covenant. See, that's why the saints of glory, that's why those names that we just read, that's why they can sing, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. See, they knew God's love deep in their hearts and they knew that it never wavered. And so can we, especially when we think about our lives and our calling and realize the power of our baptisms. But we're bound together by more than just the covenant. Because when we're baptized, we are incorporated, we are grafted on, we are adopted, we are indoctrinated into the family of God into the church. If you look to the left of you, the right of you, the person that's there, even if they're not in your blood family, guess what? They are your brother and sister. Even if you don't know their name, that's who they are. They're family. All of us in worship together today, whether in this space or online, we are family in the body of Christ. 
It's a known fact that in Christian education that people will grow in faith when they're surrounded by folks who will pour into them the gift of the Spirit, who will pour into them and mentor them and share faith with them. It can be said that people, that if you want youth and children to really have a lifelong relationship with God, that if they have five people surrounding them in their early years, five people, that they will grow in faith. If there are five individuals that are pouring themselves into the lives of these youth and children, that they will be solid in faith and understand what life is about. But it doesn't have to just be youth. We think of youth because they're young in the faith, but some of us as adults are young in the faith. And if we're surrounded by five people who will pour into us mentoring and guidance and faith and sharing faith, and helping us put the pieces together, we too are more solid in it. So I think of those 38 names in your bulletins. I think of that. I wonder who poured into those saints, who poured life into those saints, who poured the faith into them, who taught them about the love of Jesus and the joy of community. Who did that in your life? Who are the people that influenced you, that showed you the way? Can you name your five? What did they teach you? Better yet, who are we pouring the gospel into? Who are we showing the way? Who are we intentionally developing faith with, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, the neighbor's kids, a kid in the youth group, or just a neighbor down the street who is struggling? Who are we pouring out faith for and upon? Because, friends, this is what it means to be in a family and part of the body of Christ. It's not just giving Bibles to third graders and having VBS and having youth group on Sunday night. It's about mentoring. It's about care. It's about teaching. It's about support. It's about holding each other up even when our legs go out from underneath us. It's about realizing the beauty of being in a family of faith. To know that there's someone that we can call when things go bump in the night in our lives. There will be somebody there who will hold us closely, care for us, sit with us. Or when we're lost, will show us the way back into the light. See, that's the gift that we receive at baptism. When this church makes a vow to a family that we're going to help raise their children or when a child is confirmed to do that or an adult is baptized, then we're saying that we're going to stand next to you no matter what comes. Wind, hail, water, fire. We're going to stand next to you and show you the way and be there with you. But just as our baptism is a covenant between the baptized and God, just as it's an initiation in the family of Christ, we also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift is something that does twofold things for us. One, it propels us to live our faith more fully. But two, it also helps us by giving us the assurance of faith. It lets us know that our salvation is secure, that we can stand just like the saints of light have done, that we can stand in the presence of God and that we will be saved because even on our worst day, God still loves us because we're his children. 
See, that's what encouraged the everyday saints to rise and to fall was this idea that they were They were like St. Therese of Lisieux. That they came up with those gifts, that she came up with those ideas of doing good each and every day. See, it wasn't her deeds that saved her. Her deeds were a response to her faith. She was saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. She was saved by God. And that assurance came to her in her baptism. But I think of this idea that they called her the little saint or the little flower. They called her that because she made steps every day to make the world better. And those 38 saints that we read their names, they did the same things. Their lives flowered before our very presence. Their their memory burns right before us in these candles. And those of us that knew them best, we know the lessons that they taught us, the the things that they showed us. And so we do our best to take up the mantle that they left us, to step forward into the light, to live out our baptismal vows, to recognize that we have this rich inheritance that's been given to us, that we have a calling to, to, serve, we have a calling to serve and a God to glorify. So in just a few minutes as we come to this table, as we come and we celebrate the meal of the kingdom, we come not only surrounded by our brothers and sisters in this part of the family, but we're surrounded by the heavenly family, the saints, the capital S saints, the great saints of the church, and the everyday saints of the church. We're surrounded by them, and they compel us to go forward, to know secure that there is an inheritance waiting for us. If we were to stay faithful to the cause and to fulfill our baptismal vows. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.